to Students Incorporated, a podcast where we dive into relevant topics and issues related to the world of business, technology, education, and design. I'm your host, Mr. Jason. Episodes include student conversations, interviews with thought leaders, and inspirational stories with an international flavor. This podcast is created and produced with the help of students from the International Community School of Bangkok. Today's episode, we explore the beloved topic of coffee. I'm joined by our co-host, Lion and Tazia. We also welcome our special guest, Mr. Gary Ford II. Thank you for joining us. But first, let's hear the quote of the day and get some headline news. Thank you, Mr. Jason. The quote of the day is by the famous Burt Lancaster, an American actor who played tough guys of tender hearts, kind of like me. His quote is saying, I judge a restaurant by the bread and by the coffee. And I know that Mr. Jason judges a coffee shop by its espresso and pour over. Another fun fact for y'all, Burt Lancaster's final appearance in a movie was in the film Field of Dreams, which is filmed in Iowa, Mr. Jason's home state in the U.S. of A. Recently, residents of a town in Rayong noticed that the beach water had a strange color and smell. Researchers think that it could be a plankton normally found at this time of the year. It's harmless and won't hurt the water. In regional news, with the recent tragedy in Indonesia at a large soccer game, officials are seeking answers as to why the stadium was so full and why fans got out of hand towards the end of the game. Sports have a way of bringing out sharp emotions and reactions. In international news, Germany and Denmark are currently building the longest immersed tunnel between the two countries. The tunnel will be up to 40 meters under the Baltic Sea and will be 18 kilometers long. Thank you for that quote of the day and the news headlines. I'm really excited about this episode's topic for obvious reasons. It's all about coffee. So let's dive in. Pun intended. Wait, how is that a pun intended though? Like what's the pun there? Let's dive in. Dive into coffee. Dive into coffee, but but diving. Don't dive into the coffee. (laughs) Don't dive into into my coffee. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Pun intended. Okay, Mr. Garia, thank you so much for joining us today. Our topic and focus for this episode is coffee, as you could tell, right? But let's start by hearing a little bit about your cafe and the delicious menu, which I personally know the nachos are amazing. You guys have to check it out. What inspired it and what are some of your customers' favorite dishes? Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks for having me. It's really uh, good to be here with you guys at ICS. And yeah, my name is Gary. I uh, own and run uh, La Mesa Coffee alongside my wife. Um, and La Mesa, as a coffee shop, um, we do kind of American focus uh, fusion Mexican food. So in the U.S., I'm from New Mexico, if you guys know of the great my state of New, New Mexico. Mexico. Cool, cool. What part? Uh, Albuquerque. Yes. <laughs> 5,000 gold stars for you. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I too am from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So we oh, do, so cool. we do American style fusion Mexican food, um, a little bit, or primarily a specialty coffee shop. So, um, full espresso bar and like a drip bar. We do really fun coffee alternatives for those that don't drink coffee at all. Um, and then we do American style pastries. My wife's the head baker. So, yeah, really great things like our American style, like New York cheesecake, uh, flour chocolate cake. We have like really great cookies. Oh man, it's getting me hungry just thinking about that. And then, uh, and then yeah, we do like all day brunch. Um, yeah, a lot of things like uh, our burritos and stuff. So we have a good profile, kind of something for everyone. But I think especially um, our Americans and kind of local ties 
Um, they really just like that, um, the like Mexican kind of flavors because kind of unique to find that here. And then we do unique take on it um, since it's New Mexican style Mexican food. So shifting to more of a business and marketing type question, how have you been able to maintain individuality with your cafe in a very saturated sort of coffee industry and market, especially in Bangkok? Yeah, so yeah, it's very heavily saturated. There's um, not a lack of cafes, uh, that's for sure, I guess. Um, but for us, yeah, as we kind of open our business, we good, good business always fulfills a need. Uh, and I believe that good products sell themselves. Uh, so Lame, so we really strive to just be unique. We really try to just do excellence uh, in all of our products. So we kind of have a saying, uh, if it's okay, we don't want it. Like we don't believe in like things that just taste okay or that look okay. We, want, we only want awesome. It doesn't like make us go like, wow, oh, that's really great. Then just like we throw it out. We don't want to be a part of it. So um, we do have like traditional kind of items, but we really want them at a high standard. Uh, so to an extent, the products, I believe when done well, they'll sell themselves to an extent. Um, and there's that organic word of mouth from that. Uh, but for La Mesa, we also really wanted to create um, just like a sense of community, a sense of fun, um, a cafe, one of the purposes that it fulfills is just like a place to be, um, you know, a place to connect with others, a place to work, um, a place to escape. Uh, so our cafe is kind of like interior, it's really bright, it's really inviting. Um, it's a place that you feel like you want to hang out in for like quite a while. Um, we have like a unique design intake, so it's inspired by uh, my home state of New Mexico. So it's really like photogenic, you know, it's really Instagrammable is what people might say. Uh, so that attracts people uh, on its own. Like people want to come initially, maybe some people want to come initially for that. Um, but creating a positive experience is going to get those returning customers. And I think that that's been just a key to its growth and its success. Um, what advice would you give other food and beverage type businesses in the if the market seems sort of like saturated? Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes, well, just asking yourself, yeah, is your business, is your product needed? If it is oversaturated, if there's not a need, then that's definitely a problem. So, but uh, looking for the area of service. So there are, Bangkok as a whole has a lot of cafes. We're kind of in a unique area in Bangna, uh, definitely open four years ago. We were quite rare, um, especially the size of our cafe. There weren't really things in um, our in Sukhumwit um, and in lower Bangna. So I think that if you see something, you feel like it's a little oversaturated, you know, you might look for an area that isn't offering these services yet. Now, Mr. Gary, we understand you were just in a local coffee making competition, is that correct? <laughs> Can you describe what type of competition it was and what it was like competing in this type of environment? Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the world, uh, we do what we call like specialty coffee. So um, for those of you in like Thailand, you think of like, um, what is it, like the Nescafe packets? Or like for me, I'm a little old. Um, but like in America, we have Folgers coffee. This is what we call like first wave coffee. Or like coffee was mainly seen as a drug, wasn't to taste good. Um, and then there was like a second wave of coffee where people started to take about taste a little more. Um, Starbucks is kind of like the big go ahead from this. But a lot of flavored things are artificial and not a lot of repeatable approaches uh, to the coffee. But now, and especially coffee, we call this like the third wave of coffee, where every aspect from the seed all the way to the customer's cup. Uh, we approach it as a fine art and science. So we can use repeatable, measurable results so that like we know we're getting what we want. 
Um, so like now, like the day and age, like if you know someone that's like, I'm really into especially coffee, they're a nerd, just so you know. <laughs> uh, this is like, it's this true. is like, they're a nerd. Uh, they love like science, chemistry, numbers. They're like geeking out. Um, so all that to say this, that like in the especially coffee realm, there's basically like coffee Olympics is like an easy way to explain it, where there's all these categories that you can compete in locally in your country to go on to worlds. So I, yeah, I recently competed in the AeroPress competition and it's this specific brewing device where people from all over the world uh, will compete locally to use this one device and are given like a secret coffee they have to create a recipe for and then go to compete with others. So here in Thailand, we had, I was one of 99 mm -hmm. um, contestants and I had to come up with like a special brew recipe. You also work a bit with like the chemical makeup of your water for that. Um, like the temperature, all these little variables to uh, make your cup unique and special. So the day of the competition, I made it pretty far. I went to like the semifinals and the AeroPress is really cool because it blends uh, several kind of coffee brewing techniques together um, into one. So it's uh, by nature really fun and creative. It's an American invention. The guy that created the like Whammo Frisbee invented this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so it's like a fun invention. So uh, for my competition, I had like a bit of performance. It's common for people to like dress up in a costume. In the past, like people have gone as like Pokemon or unicorns or something. So my team, uh, we kind of like, uh, we went kind of like borrowed out a little bit all together. And then in my recipe, um, yeah, I have like a routine about uh, coffee meditation and uh, true flavor aroma beginning with us. So you need like a meditative time to prepare for a coffee. And then, uh, yeah, I did like a one-handed push-up press nice. um, in, in it. So yeah, maybe I can show you guys a little later what we did there, but uh, it was a lot of fun and different things, but uh, but the taste in the cup was what matters the most and, and having fun. So I did really well, I didn't, I didn't win, uh, but it was a really great experience. Uh, well, okay, Mr. Gary, while you were at this coffee Olympics, were you nervous, <laughs> like at all? Uh, you know, um, it it's just the first experience for me. So uh, later on, I'd love to see just more of my team kind of compete in similar environments. Uh, so for me, as I'm American, uh, Thai is not my first language. So I was a little, little nervous a bit just about like, oh yeah, am I going to not hear something that was said, this kind of things is a big environment, but overall not that, not that nervous. I guess, you know, I was practice, I was prepared. Uh, it was overall just like really fun, a little bit of anxiety, just that it all is in my second language, but, but I felt comfortable with that. And yeah, I hope to do something like it again. Uh, you said you were, you went all the way to the semifinals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were you happy with the outcome? Yeah. Yeah. It was really, um, really great experience. Uh, the way that I, the recipe that I came up, uh, with for the competition, uh, just kind of like I said with my cafe, I went to do something that most people didn't do. So there's past world championships, you know, you're able to, I did a lot of, I, like I said, uh, basically I'm a geek, I'm a nerd. I really nerded out on my training for it and kind of uh, prep, but I wanted to create something that was a different recipe than what's won worlds in the past. So in this case, that didn't work out for me apparently. <laughs> the guy that won the Thailand competition, his recipe was more kind of what you've seen in the past is like a champion winning cup. Uh, so yeah, maybe I can show you guys some of that later on. Uh, different variables of like, yeah, how many filters are you using? The grind size, the brew time. There's like how much agitation, how much pressure, stress are you putting the coffee through? So uh, my brew method, it looked very intense. Like I said, I do a one-handed push-up, but it's actually very gentle. So uh, my process, uh, I did, as little agitation to the brewing process as possible. 
uh, and I really was striving to bring out kind of like light notes from the coffee. It had like really natural lynchy and like light grape notes. Um, and I want to bring those out in like a soft, smooth, but yet like bold way. Um, and that's a little different than what like people probably also did. So it did well in like early rounds, maybe because it was different. That was kind of my hope was that the judges uh, are kind of subjective in this competition. You're not given points. They just kind of like point and they're like, we like this one. <laughs> so, um, so early on, it just has to kind of stand out a bit. And um, I think that it did that. But then, yeah, maybe later on, uh, you know, the best cup wins. So I'll have to just try again next time. Were they judging on the flavor or were they judging on how you made it? Yeah, they're judging on the flavor. So um, and it's a uh, the judges are like uh, they're certified judges. So these are people that are like certified coffee judges. Um, and they do a blind tasting. So my, my routine was quite intense and really uh, like people went crazy. Like when I did it, you know, no one knew that I, I basically like stood up on the table. It's like we were kind of here right now and I'm going to make coffee. Then I just like hop on the table and do a one handed push up using a chair. So like, what is happening? You know, the first time they had no idea what was going on. So um, the crowd kind of like went wild in a way that I wasn't expecting. I just like didn't think about the reaction, what I was about to do. <laughs> um, but uh, so for the judges, they couldn't look though. They were blind. They're kind of like facing the other direction, but they could hear all this happening behind them. They're like, what is Gary up to? Uh, what's going on there? Building the excitement. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get any like bonus points. And other other barista competitions, uh, you're given points off of yeah, your presentation, right. different things. But like, and this doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Wait, out of curiosity, you said there was a team that dressed up like Pokemon, right? Uh, in the past, I think, the yeah, past. people have gone as like Pokemon. Do you remember stuff. what coffee they made? Uh, well, it's the competition coffee, yeah. Everyone has to use the same one. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you interested in doing that? Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be You're really cool, yeah. Coffee? Everyone is like a different Pokemon. That'd be really cool. <laughs> so, moving on from that, we've seen you have connected with some coffee farmers and producers here in Thailand. What kind of projects or connections have you been able to make with the growers? One of the things that I just love about especially coffee in Thailand is that um, it's a really close-knit community. So Thailand's really unique since it has a um, consumer culture, like we drink a lot of coffee in Thailand, but then also we're a country that produces coffee. And to be honest, this is rare in the world, especially to our scale. So uh, my wife and I, we got into coffee because of connections with rural villages up north, uh, originally doing um, like medical missions and medical projects and hill tribes is how we first learned about uh, coffee on the ag side. So it's been a big kind of passion of ours for a long time. Um, and as a specialty coffee shop, you always have a very close relationship to the farm and to the producer. Um, so yeah, since COVID um, is kind of ending now, we're looking at re-engaging into just like some farming communities again and uh, directly working alongside of them to help them be able to uh, improve the quality of their coffee and really bring out some like unique flavors and profiles. Uh, I brought some coffees from the same region um, today that use two different what we call like processes. Uh, one's just like a wash process, uh, which is like the typical way that you would process coffee. Um, but we did a project to help them build some drying beds where you like dry out the coffee um, so that they can hopefully be able to produce more unique processes. And from that, they can sell them for at like a higher price. So, um, so yeah, it's really exciting to just see these things happening in Thailand. It happens um, in just like a really close knit way uh, because 
yeah, we're only about two hours in theory from a farm. You know, it takes maybe an hour to fly up north, right? And then some cases an hour drive up a mountain, boom, we could be at a coffee farm, right? Yeah. So there's a sort of green coffee bean harvest. How could people like improve their quality? of that harvest yeah yeah so there's so many um you know coffee is is a fruit um and it is a grown product so there's just a lot of unseen factors and what can happen to coffee so what we did in our project was um the coffee as as fruit has like an outer pulp and then the inside uh, that we eat as coffee is we call it like the cherry or it's the pit if you think of it compared to like um another fruit it would be like the pit like a mangosteen or a valenci something like this um, so, and then that's set out to dry, and after that's dried, it's roasted. So um, during that time, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, there's a lot of things you can control to get kind of unique flavors. There's uh, to control fermentation, um, and all of that, um, if you're keeping it free from pests, you know, outside forces, um, there's a lot of ways to, yeah, bring out really unique flavors and tastes. Um, the approaches that we use in the coffee industry, they're very similar to what will be used in like the wine industry, right? Uh, because grapes are also like it's an organic product that you're using and you're finding factors to uh, manipulate it, to control, um, yeah, to get the results that you want. So yeah, really cool time. And uh, yeah, you can check out on our page, uh, we're sharing a bit this week. Uh, coming up is International Coffee Day, actually October 1st, International Coffee Day. And a lot of it is focused on the like circular economy of coffee, of, of yeah, how we're all connected from that. Even as a customer, uh, supporting local coffee shops, you're always going to be giving back more to the local economy, and um, and that ex- that it increases exponentially for the village as well. Wait, you said coffee was a fruit. I thought it was a bean. Well, yeah, it's a it's a fruit. Yeah. So uh, looking at coffee, kind of raw. Um, on a tree, uh, it'll look like a cranberry maybe to you. So uh, it's a fruit, is a, yeah, yeah. And once they're ripe, they turn kind of bright red. It looks like, yeah, very, um, yeah, very kind of Christmassy. So it'll be like bright red on like a, yeah, really? really dark green leaves. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, once the coffee's dried out um, completely, we call those, like you said, the green coffee. Um, and the green coffee is what's then sent to roasters to roast. And it's only after coffee is roasted that it turns brown. Mr. Gary, we all know that every industry will face some changes sooner or later, right? Right, right. Now, so if you're looking into the near future, what changes or challenges would you envision in the coffee industry will have? Like, okay, let's break it down to three areas, right? The producer level, the roaster level, and the retail level. Like, what kind of changes do you, or challenges do you expect? Oh, man. Well, that's a very big question. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, so one thing that is just like a big challenge in the world, um, you know, is climate change. Um, climate change has a major effect on the coffee industry. So one of the things that, one reason why we have such a strong emphasis on helping villages is because there's estimated like a global coffee shortage. I, I don't remember the number in my head, but there's like a coffee crisis at hand, technically. Do, do you know about, do you know the time frame by any chance? No, I don't, but, <laughs> but some 12 years. Yeah, yeah, something like in, I forget what, 15 years, there's no more coffee, something like this. So, really? Yeah, uh, there's, there's <laughs> a lot of prices. There's the, the alarmist out there. Right, right, yeah. so, um, and this is based off of major producing countries, so a lot of countries that Brazil. have, right, yeah, like Brazil, these places where they're producing coffee at, a really high scale 
Um, the villages that we work with, are, we call them micro coffee producers, micro coffee farmers, but from pesticides, different things, you know, yeah, climate change. Last year, the coffee crop in Thailand was really affected from all this rain that we're having. So um, all of this, yeah, is just makes things very challenging. I think across the board, one thing that we're going to see is just what we've talked about is um, the coffee community coming together. Um, to help one another all the more. Um, so I think that for the producer, that's really going to be key for them is having that relationship where people are already investing, they're getting money up front to be able to help uh, their community, to be able to help their crop for the future. And then same for us, where you know we know kind of come up ahead that we have good quality coffee coming, coming our way uh, because we've directly been a part of its production. got some good news for the ICS community. Our first semester break is just over a week ahead. It'd be a great time to relax and have fun. Make sure you clear out any leftover homework you may have. And stay safe, everybody. We are back with part two of our coffee talk with Mr. Gary from La Mesa Coffee. For part two, we will be breaking from our normal format. We want to provide you with something just a little bit different. We have a lot of coffee experience sitting in our studio today, so we will be making coffee for you, our listeners. Now, unfortunately, we cannot push the aroma or the cup of coffee through your speakers. However, we will be bringing you the next best thing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the sounds of coffee.
Please stay tuned for more episodes about exciting and engaging topics. As always, this podcast would not be possible without the hard work and support of our international student production team. All music and sound effects are courtesy of Pixabay.com, a vibrant community of creatives sharing copyright-free images, videos, and music. And we're signing off until next time. We're Students Incorporated because your voice matters.